I remember when I was very young, starting off learning how to read, that I was going through all of these different genres, all of these different books, and trying to figure out which genre or which type of book I would really enjoy above all the rest. And I remember eventually discovering it, that I always had a heart for mystery. There was just something about the continual process of what they went through each and every time there was a particular case or particular crime to be solved. There was the beginning, there was a problem, there was some sort of something that needed solved. And then the main character would come in, maybe it was Sherlock Holmes or maybe it was Father Brown or maybe one of the many others. And they would go through a journey, they would go through all of these different clues, all sorts of different processes to eventually deduce what the solution was, who had done it, what did they do, and how they got there. And they would reach the conclusion that they would go through all of these different steps, and they would recount exactly what it was like to solve that case, and indeed what that yielded or what the result was. But there was always a temptation in my heart with those books. Because in a mystery, you're always trying to get to the end. That you want the problem at the beginning and you want the solution at the end. And sometimes it's tempting to leave out the journey. We just want to jump to the end and see what happens. But I remember just telling myself that the journey is all part of the process. It's part of the enjoyment. That it's part of the story of how we get there. And so even though that temptation was there, so often I was fighting and pushing back saying, the journey has to get us there first. But think about the journey of life. So often in life, we know that we are a finite people, that we have a beginning, we know that we have an end, but how do we think about how we get there? Because we can likely think about the beginning, how we do exist now. We can often think about the end, at least in some abstract or ethereal way, about our ends in the kingdom of heaven or how we're trying to get there. But what about the journey along the way? Because I dare say, as we look at the readings, it really encourages us not just to look at the end, not just to look at the conclusion of the case, but to rather look at the journey, the entire trajectory of how we get there. We start off with that this morning in the second book of Maccabees. In the second book of Maccabees, we can actually take it as a unit with the first book of Maccabees, and it tells a very particular story about the Israelite community, namely a story of persecution. It shows that in the Israelite community that there was a lot of times where they were doing well, a lot of times that they weren't, but it shows a very particular dark time in their history. Whenever they were being oppressed, they were being persecuted, they were being afflicted by other people. And it was such a bad affliction that they even reached this point of persecution that we see that not only was it a persecution on the battlefield, but even intentionally in families and all of those individuals within the Israelite community, that they were also enduring this affliction on a personal level, not just as a level of a community. And so we're told this story today, a very potent one, about seven brothers and about their mother, that they're arrested and they're brought before the king and his attendants. And they undergo all sorts of trials and afflictions, but notice the resolve. That the brothers, they could have easily succumbed and they could have just eaten pork, they could have violated the Lord's command, but they didn't. That even in the midst of a simple way to get out of all of this persecution, all sorts of affliction, they decided that they were going to remain determined and resolute to follow God's law. And so they did, that they remind all of those that are listening that they're undergoing all of these things because of God's law, because of the king's law. Not that king, not the temporal one, but the eternal king, the capital K king. And so whenever they're going through all of this affliction, they continue to tell the king, we will not serve your law. We will not simply resolve ourselves to this life, but we're looking on for something else. 
And so even in the midst of death, even as they all die for their faith, they're still willing to go through because they believe so much in God's command and in God's law that it's leading them somewhere else. Then we arrive at St. Paul in his second letter to the Thessalonians, and we're continuing from that same letter that we were in last week. But St. Paul is giving the church of Thessalonica encouragement that he saw the way that they initially engaged the gospel, how he came and preached to them, and they really grasped on to what he was saying. And so he's overjoyed at what happens, but he's also asking them to pray that the same thing happens as he continues his ministry, even outside the church of Thessalonica. And so he continues, and he continues to show them that he's greatly heartened by their encouragement that they received, but also the ways that they're continuing forward. But he doesn't want them to just stop there. But he wants them to continue that theme of encouragement, not to fall away or not to fall short, but to continue to seek after the gospel and seek after the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But this comes at a particular cost. Because St. Paul's reminding them how they need to pray for his success, even in the midst of people that don't have faith, or even in the midst of wicked people. And this isn't just for St. Paul, but this is also for the Thessalonians. That he's reminding them they're going to encounter all sorts of people out there that do not have faith. What's worse, they might even encounter all sorts of wicked people. But it's not to matter, that it's not to simply take them away from their mission, but it's rather to engage them all the more, because that gospel message from Jesus Christ still needs to be preached, even in the times when it seems that it is not successful. So St. Paul wants to remind them, continue in your faith, continue to lead each other with encouragement, because there are so many that still need to hear the gospel. And then finally we arrive at the gospel according to Luke. And we're used to all sorts of parables, all sorts of teachings, but today we enter into a theological debate with the Sadducees. And the Sadducees, as we're told in the gospel, are those of the Jewish people that did not believe in the resurrection. And so whenever they encounter, whenever they go through life, they kind of bracket off all of that theology that applies to the resurrection and kind of toss it to the side. So there are people that are only concerned with living in this life. But what's worse, they're trying to drag others down with them. And so they're actually trying to point at Jesus and say, this doesn't make sense. And so they've issued what seems to be an impossible scenario. So the Jewish people, they have this custom that if a wife has a husband and that husband dies without leaving an heir, then the brother will also marry that wife and they will continue until they ha finally have an heir for that one that first died. And so they're going through that they set up this scenario that there are seven, and then eventually all die. Then the wife also dies in the kingdom of heaven. Whose wife will she be? They think they've backed Jesus into a corner. They think that he hasn't thought this through very well. They think that they have the upper hand here because they think that he's not going to be able to answer, that they've discredited him, and yet Jesus is far smarter because he approaches them and he reminds them, the children of this world marry and remarry. Those that are concerned with only the world are the ones that are going to ask themselves this question. But the children of God are concerned with something else. What is that something else? The kingdom of heaven. Because he's reminding the Sadducees that their point of view is absurd, that they don't believe that there is the kingdom of heaven, that they don't believe that there is the resurrection of life, that even Moses himself was speaking about this, and it's fallen on deaf ears with them. So he's reminding them that this question is a moot point, because it's not really grasping at what matters, but it's really settling for what doesn't. 
Now, to be clear, the vocation of marriage and holy matrimony as a sacrament, it's very important. It's a part and parcel of what the church needs to continue to grow the faithful and to lead each other to eternal life. That it is very much important. But Jesus is telling us it's leading us somewhere else. It's leading us to the kingdom of God, that place of communion with God that is so powerful that even the bonds on this earth will seem weak in comparison, that all of these things fall away because we're so intimately connected to our God and to each other in the kingdom of God. So he's pointing at the Sadducees and saying, you've got it all wrong. You're not really focusing on what matters. You're falling short of what is happening in this life and really falling short in eternity as well. But as we consider that, and as we consider what the Sadducees are struggling with, and even those messages that come from the book of Maccabees and the Thessalonians, what does it tell us about our journey? What does it tell us about our end? What does it tell us about what we're doing right here and right now that we need to be focused on? Because that's the reality that we need to grapple with, because so often in life we get distracted by so many different things. But first, we need to ask these questions. Number one, what is our end? Where are we headed? What's our ultimate goal? At the end of the day, where's that place that we're finally going to find rest and find solace and find that place of no more tears, no more weeping, no more sorrow and distress? What is our final goal, our final end? Is it the kingdom of heaven? Because I dare say, so many times in life, we have at least this ethereal idea that eventually we're going to wind up in the kingdom of heaven because our time runs out. And that's true. But in fact, we have to keep that in mind because it's more than just an end that we're just going to happen to walk into. But it's one that we have to choose. That it's one that we have to continue to renew our hearts and our souls in choosing every single day. So if we believe that we're headed towards the kingdom of heaven, we're actually going to change some things. We're going to change the way we live our life and live our entire journey. It's much like those mystery stories, that if we're going to seek that end and that conclusion, it's going to dictate how the journey is going to go and how we pick up things along the way. And that's the next point. How are we doing on our journey? How are we embracing that fact that we're headed towards the kingdom of heaven? Because it's not just something that we should stumble into accidentally one day, but it's something that we should choose day in and day out. And it's something that we should continue to adhere our minds, our hearts, and our souls to. Because it's not just something that we have that's just something over here, but it's something part and parcel of our daily life. But do we believe it that way? Because our journey is filled with all sorts of different twists and turns. That there are good days, there are bad days, there are days that lie in between. But nonetheless, every single day, every single moment of those days, we should choose for the kingdom of heaven. And we see this in a very dramatic and extreme way, especially when we reach the book of Maccabees. Because the Maccabean sort of idea is that they're going to embrace the gospel, especially in the moments when it costs them the most dear thing that they have in their life their very life itself, that they're going to continue to choose the gospel and live by God's law, even in those moments when it costs them very dearly, when they suffer torment, when they suffer affliction, when they suffer trial, all of these extreme things that happen, that they chose to live God's law anyway. And I dare say it's not quite that difficult for any of us. Because likely we're not facing death for the sake of the gospel. That we're not facing a sort of affliction or persecution, at least in this extreme way. But we still have to choose it anyway. 
Because my brothers and sisters, we all go to work or we go to school or we even earn our friends and family, that we have these opportunities to continue to engage the gospel. We have these abilities to continue to seek after the kingdom of God, even in small ways. Whenever everyone's gossiping, are you going to choose to be the one that doesn't? Whenever everyone else fails to tell the truth, are you going to be the one that still does? Whenever everyone's searching and seeking after worldly pleasures and pursuits, are you still going to be the one that seeks after God nonetheless? Because as we look at the book of Maccabees, it does give us an extreme idea of what it is to live out the gospel. But it's telling us that even if it comes to that point, we should still be seeking after God that we're likely going to be seeking God in far less ways. But nonetheless, those are each and every opportunity that we encounter. They're an opportunity to choose for God and for that end. That it's not just something that happens to be here or there, something accidental to our Christian life, but it's part and parcel of what it is. That we have to make those choices every day, day in and day out. But notice the book of Thessalonians and that letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians as well that he reminds them that they're bearing witness to the truth. They're bearing witness to the gospel, and they encounter all sorts of people day in and day out. Perhaps some that want to encounter the gospel, perhaps some that are very wicked and very opposed to the idea of the gospel. They still continue to minister. And it should be that way with us. Because my brothers and sisters, I dare say it's not that hard to look out in our world today and see a bunch of people in all sorts of cultures and even our society at large that struggles with this idea of salvation. They're so far away they can't even conceive of a God that's there that's continuing to wait for them to come home. And so they don't. They start to settle for all sorts of different worldly things and they become children of the world. But they should see us, and they should see someone who's a child of God, first and foremost. One that's continuing to seek the gospel in the good moments, in the bad moments, in the moments in between. Even to the point of death, we should be willing to pursue the gospel. And that's really the reminder that it's ours. Because we can focus on the end. We can focus on the kingdom of heaven. And it's much like a mystery book. We want to get to that point, And we should. We should desire that very end. But it's not just about that. Because we've got a journey. Sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's difficult. But nonetheless, we've still got that journey. And it's long ways ahead of us, and it's happening right now. We have to continue to choose for God and choose for that kingdom of heaven here and today. So that when our time comes, when our number is called, that we know that we can appear before God, and he can see how we've journeyed for all this time on, the kingdom of, on this earth, and we've sought after the kingdom of heaven. And that's the reality, and we should continue to minister to our brothers and sisters that way. My brothers and sisters, we're all aware of the kingdom of heaven. That's no mystery. That's not something that we can't grasp at. We're all aware at that end, and at least in an ethereal way. We should continue to direct our hearts and our souls and our minds in a very real way towards that kingdom. But the question for all of us, how are we going to pursue that journey just a little more closely this week? Are we going to look for a way to read some more scripture, maybe pray a couple extra times throughout the week, or even maybe attend daily mass once more, or finally go to that sacrament of reconciliation that we've been waiting for for so long? Because all of those things point to the kingdom of heaven, and it's up to us to continue to seek after that eternal life and the life of the blessed. It's up to us to continue to seek after that way. So my brothers and sisters, Jesus reminds us, we're not children of this world. We're not children that are simply relegated to this life and that's it. We're rather relegated to the kingdom of God. 
Let's continue to direct our hearts and our souls towards that end, so that in time, the God of life and the God who sees all is alive may grasp at us and welcome us into that kingdom of heaven. What is our final goal and our final end?